Welcome to the TappingSolution.com's Bits and Pieces podcast, where we share information designed to change your life. Whether you're new to EFT tapping or an old hand, you'll find simple, inspiring information to brighten your day, motivate you, and help you live your best life. To learn more about tapping, visit thetappingsolution.com. Now, here's New York Times bestselling author, Nick Ortner, introducing today's clip. Hey everyone, Nick Ortner here, and welcome to this edition of the Tapping Solution Bits and Pieces podcast. It is so good to have you with us, and I'm really excited about what we're sharing today. This is an interview pulled from our sixth annual Tapping World Summit, where I interview my sister Jessica on the tapping solution for weight loss and body confidence, how to stress less, weigh less, and love more. It's always fun when I get to turn the table and interview Jess, and I think you're really going to love the content shared here. Let's listen in. If you want to lose weight, but the idea of even starting another diet or fitness plan leaves you feeling exhausted, bracing for yet another disappointment, then you're in the right place. Today, you're going to learn a whole new way to approach weight loss and body confidence that will hopefully lead you to take a nice sigh of relief while discovering how to get real results. This is Nick Ortner, and today, roles are being reversed, and I get the chance to interview my sister, Jessica. Jessica is a co-producer of the documentary film, The Tapping Solution. She has led more than 3,000 women through her revolutionary weight loss and body confidence online program. And for the past six years, she has been the host of The Tapping World Summit. Her new book, The Tapping Solution for Weight Loss and Body Confidence, is being published by Hay House and comes out in May 2014. Welcome, Jess. Hey, Nick. It's good to be here. Roles are reversed. I know. Uh, you're now being interviewed. <laughs> you're usually doing all the interviewing. So uh, let's I know. See what I was happens. telling you, I'm a little bit nervous. This is how the other speakers might feel, but I, I think exactly. I'm more excited. Now the spotlight is on you. <laughs> yes, exactly. So this is such an important topic and one that so many people struggle with. So I'm really excited to dive deep into it today. And uh, I'd love to start talking about why this is a topic that you're personally so passionate about. Well, let me start by telling you that I am still surprised with myself that this is a topic that I am even talking about. A lot of people say that your wound becomes your message. And I had been struggling with my weight and also with challenges around my body confidence since I hit puberty. I started dieting at a really young age and I would binge eat and turn to food when I was anxious and then gain weight I'd then beat myself up and panic and start another diet. And for a while, the diet was fine for a few days. And then I'd either go back to binging and then be so mad at myself or something would something else would distract my attention and I'd go back to some really unhealthy habits until the pattern repeated itself again where I said, okay, I'm going to start another diet. And... I had been using tapping for years, but the idea of using tapping for weight loss was far-fetched. And we joke that when it comes to tapping, I tend to be the biggest skeptic, and I'm <laughs> always proven wrong. And I think maybe that's why I love doing the interviews and why people might like the way that I interview somebody else, because I think like a skeptic. <laughs> and I want to get, I want to figure out, like, how does this really work before I spend my time doing it? And I had heard about tapping for weight loss, but I just kept ignoring it because 
I was so brainwashed to believe that it was only about diet and exercise. And I just had the strong belief that it was my willpower and that I just came into this planet lacking willpower and lacking the I love to work out gene and lacking the I have control over food gene. And I really just felt like I was a victim or was hoping for just some kind of miracle and just doing the same thing over and over again, expecting a different result, which, as you know, Einstein calls insanity. <laughs> so one day we were you'll remember this because you're part of the story. We were at a conference and I was registering and I said my name and the woman says, oh, Jessica Ortner from The Tapping Solution. I'm such a big fan. I've been listening to your interviews and all your audios and I was over the moon because it was the first time I'd been recognized and I just felt so cool. And a minute later, she looks me up and down and she says, you're a lot bigger than I thought. Oh. And it hit me like a bomb. And the thing was that that wasn't the first time I had someone say something to me about my weight. You know, I mentioned um, in another interview in the summit that I had a mentor uh, when I was really young tell me that I was fat and nobody was going to listen to what I had to say until I lost weight. You know, I had somebody say, you'd be cute if you lost some weight. And so I had all this pain. So her words weren't anything new, especially since I was mean to myself every single day. But for some reason... Something about her recognizing me with my work around tapping and then, you know, dropping that bomb, which was very rude. <laughs> you know, it wasn't a nice <laughs> thing to say. I'm not saying that she had the right to say something, but something hit me. And I said, I kind of feel like a hypocrite, to be honest. I use tapping for so many different things. I talk about it, but I don't want to look at the emotions around my weight because it's scary. It's been this thing I've been carrying around for so long. And that day I said, you know what, I have to try something different. And I remember walking up to you and telling you what this woman had said. And you'd known my past and my struggles. And you gave me this look. I was like, don't say it. <laughs> don't say it. I know I have to tap. Don't say it. But I was like, yeah, I'm, I'm gonna do something about it. So for a month, I actually really committed to tap every day. And I made myself a few promises. One promise was that I was going to stop with my crazy diets. The second promise was that I wasn't going to do any extreme fitness routine that I would only end up doing for a week anyway. And then the third promise was that I wasn't going to let the way that I felt about my body and my weight stop me from pursuing my dreams. Because I lived my whole life saying, well, I'll do that once I lose weight. You know, I'll get on camera once I lose weight. I'll go on a date once I lose weight. And I was really just having my whole life on hold. And so as I started tapping, so many different things came up. And as I was doing all these interviews, with every interview, I thought to myself, okay, how can I take this information and implement it to the relationship I have with my body and my weight? And within a month, I lost 10 pounds, which was pretty significant for me. You know, it's was never able to lose that weight in that amount of time. But more importantly, I felt I felt lighter. I felt emotionally lighter. And then after that, I continued to lose weight, you know, in a slow manner. But, it, you know, it never it became so much more than the weight, because to be honest, before, if I would go on a crazy diet and lose some weight, even when I was on the so-called skinny phase, I w there was no peace. There was no peace because I always thought, well, I'd be a little bit happier if I was just 
five pounds lighter, 10 pounds lighter. It was always if I could just be a little bit more. Or the other thing was I would feel like, yeah, I'm in shape, but at any moment I'm going to fall off this wagon. At any moment, things are going to go bad. And so the real difference and what I really hope to inspire people to do is not just to lose weight, but to create a relationship with our body where we can feel good about ourselves and we can make health a happy decision we make in the moment. Because the challenge is that we have this mentality that weight loss is this goal and health is a goal. It's not. It's a decision we have to make at every moment. It's not like some goal like running a marathon where you run the marathon and at the finish line, you're done. You're done training. You ran your marathon. You're done. Health is never done. It's a continuous relationship we have with our body. So what I'm passionate about is how can we use tapping to help heal that relationship that we have with our body, with ourselves, and also the relationship we have with food and with movement. It's amazing. Amazing. So powerful. And I know, you know, you've obviously had great personal results as you just shared, but you've also worked with a lot of women in in your weight loss and body confidence program. Can you tell me about some of the results that you've seen in other women? Yes. it, It blows my mind because women begin to lose weight. And like I said, it's so much more about the weight. And oftentimes we think, like I said before, I can start living my life when I lose the weight. When women begin to live their life first and feel happy first and love themselves first, then the weight begins to come off. So the first thing I see with the women that go to the program are changes in every aspect of our lives. Because the reality is we're a whole being. We can't compartmentalize our lives. You know, like when we are working on weight, we're also working with our relationship with finances or our spouse, because so often we are turning to food to help us with stress in other aspects of our lives. And so we look at weight as this evil monster that's holding our life back. But in reality, sometimes we need to take a step back and look at the other things in our lives. And so women really begin to make changes in all different aspects of their lives. And then the weight begins to come off. And, you know, I've seen, you know, five to 20 or 25 pounds. And again, it comes with that sense of inner peace and excitement in that sense that this is a journey. So the results with them are really amazing. And still what I'm getting very excited about is that there's a lot of new research coming out about tapping and weight loss. And and we'll go into why exactly tapping is so effective with weight loss. But there was a, a great study that happened by this uh, doctor, Dr. Stapleton, and she's in Australia. And for the last 20 years, Dr. Stapleton has been working with women with eating disorders. So this is ranging between women that have anorexia to women who are struggling with obesity and binge eat. And so uh, in this particular study, she worked with Bond University, and they worked with 89 women in this control study. And the women were between 31 and 56. And they were all considered to be obese. So they had the body mass index of someone who's obese. And for eight, for an eight-week period, they completed about two hours of tapping per week. So two hours of tapping a week is about 15 minutes a day. That's it, 15 minutes a day of tapping. And just by doing the tapping, without exercising, without dieting, the average weight loss was 16 pounds by the end of the study. 
that's 16 pounds. And wow. what's really incredible was then six months later, they followed up with everybody and the weight had stayed off. And now she's even, that part of the study is over, but she's even continuing to follow up because she wants to see, okay, what happens in a year or two years with these women. But that's really incredible that the science is coming up and we're seeing that there really is something to it. And we need to stop looking at weight loss as just this exercise and willpower thing, but really look at it in a whole new angle. Wow. Now, when people hear that, that study, I mean, that's powerful, 16 pounds over that time period, and it's without changing diet or exercise. I, I, I know people are going, how? You know, mm-hmm. were, you, were you burning calories by doing all the tapping, <laughs> right. hours of tapping? Like, what's going on? So why do you think tapping is so effective when it comes to weight loss? There's two reasons why it's so effective. Um, the first one is we are always, always underestimating the impact of stress. Now, We hear this again and again, but stress creates an overproduction of a hormone called cortisol. And cortisol is produced in the adrenal cortex. And this hormone is directly related to abdominal fat. Research has shown directly related to abdominal fat. Besides that, this stress impacts our immune system, our endocrine system, our nervous system. It impacts the way that we're able to digest food. So what's interesting is that when we, you know, let's use myself as an example, when I would say, okay, I'm ready to lose weight. Like I re- this time I mean it, I'm really going to go for it. What was I doing? I was panicking and I was feeling an immense amount of stress over my weight. And that stress was contributing to my weight gain. So this panic that I had and this feeling that I had to push myself was actually working against all of the other efforts that could have been really healthy and helpful. So the first reason it's so effective is because tapping helps lower your cortisol levels. And as people I've heard in the interview that I did about the science and research, there's a great study by Dr. Dawson Church uh, that shows the impact of tapping on cortisol level. The second reason tapping is so effective when it comes to weight loss is that tapping can really help us when it comes to our behaviors. Our behaviors are run by our emotions. We stand there over our kitchen counter with the cabinets open, eating as quickly as we can because of an emotion. We numb ourselves in front of the TV while we're eating because of an emotion. We beat ourselves up and have this overproduction of cortisol because of an emotion. And so when we're able to focus on, look at the behavior and say, let me take a step back with this behavior and look at the emotion behind this behavior. When you use tapping to focus on that emotion behind behavior, the behavior begins to change. Because overeating and binge eating, at the time it serves you. Emotional eating served me because I wasn't finding any other way to deal with my emotions. And so when I was angry at the pressure I felt around losing weight and that I wasn't good enough, when I was overeating in that moment, I felt pleasure. I felt rebelliousness. I felt power. I felt, you know what? I don't care what everybody else thinks. I'm going to eat this entire box of granola bars, you know, this 12 box of, of the organic granola bars that I bought because I was trying to be healthy, but then ate the entire box. You know, <laughs> I'm going to eat the whole box because in that moment it feels good. And so we need to look at the emotions that we're either trying to avoid or run away from when it comes to food and tapping gives us the ability to do that. So powerful. So people listening are starting to open up to the possibility that tapping can help. We have the studies, we have the research, we have the science, we have 
all the testimonials, the thousands of people that have used it and had great results. How do you get started? If someone's looking to lose weight, what's the first step they should take? The very first step, and this is essential, is to break the pattern of panic. And, you know, some women come, I'll start working with one-on-one clients, and they come to me knowing that they're going to be working on weight loss and body confidence, and they're almost ready for mild torture, It's like we are so brainwashed to think that this has to be painful. And so we think, well, I want to tap perfectly and I have to do this and I have to do that. And again, we're running that pattern of panic, which is creating that overproduction of cortisol. So the very first place to start is to tap on this belief that we need to judge ourselves, that we need to criticize ourselves, that we need to push ourselves, that we need to put pressure on ourselves to, quote unquote, get our ASS you know, into gear, because <laughs> that's yeah. what we think, that we can be, we can mean ourselves into thinness. And so the first thing to do, which a lot of women avoid, and it's a crucial step, and I, I keep saying women because I work with women, but men as well, the first step is to really tap on this pattern of panic. And I think this would be great for us to do right now, if you're willing to tap along with me, Nick, and repeat after me. Yeah, let's do some tapping. Now, before we tap, how do people know if they're running a pattern of panic? How can they sort of bring up whether this is an issue for them or not? Great question. I think just by having this conversation, I'm sure that people are connecting to that those moments they had. I write in my book that there tend to be two triggers to the pattern of panic. One is the scale, which I don't own a scale. I think it is a very silly way to measure yourself that only became part of our society in the 1940s. You know, when scales first came around in history, they were these things in amusement parks that you would spend a penny on and you'd weigh yourself in front of everybody. So we have this kind of obsession with the number. And then uh, so we have this panic when your weight, it naturally fluctuates, especially with women, depending on where you are in your menstrual cycle, uh, depending on when you went to the bathroom, depending on uh, how much muscle you're building, how much fat. I just think that we become so obsessed with this number. And I, I just think it's a very silly way to measure yourself. Measure yourself. I mean, people are measuring their self-worth with this number. So a lot of times women know that they're in the pattern of panic when they are weighing themselves every day or just panicking when it comes to the scale. Yeah. The second trigger that I write about in the book that's very common is the mirror. So you're getting ready to go out, you're in front of the mirror, you're dressing yourself and you have that voice and you're beating yourself up and you're feeling that panic and mm. you're thinking, "Okay, I need to, you know, I need to diet." The other triggers tend to be New Year's and birthdays or any <laughs> significant event where you're like this year I'm going to get it. And it's great to have the intention that you really want to transform your body and your health. But when we do this thing where we're like, this is it, I'm going to reach this goal, I'm going to push and do this. That's usually when people don't have the same results. You really need to take the journey within. Great, great. Thank you. That that really helped answer that question. So should we do some tapping? Yes, please. Okay. So before we start, I want everyone who's listening to think, I can't relax until I lose the weight. How true does that feel on a scale of one to 10? Measure that. And I also want to check, have you check in with your body? When you think about that panic, notice if you notice it in a certain part of your body, maybe it's this pressure in your chest or this tension in your stomach or in your back. So where does that panic show up in your body? And just hold that in your mind as we go through the tapping. So let's begin. We're going to tap on the karate chop point and just tap and repeat after me. Even though I can't relax until I lose this weight. Even though I can't relax until I lose this weight. I love and accept myself. I love and accept myself. Even though I cannot relax until I lose this weight. Even though I cannot relax until I lose this weight. I love and accept myself. 
I love and accept myself. Even though there's no way I can relax until I lose this weight. Even though there's no way I can relax until I lose this weight. I love and accept myself. I love and accept myself. Eyebrow, this panic. This panic. Side of the eye, I need to punish myself. I need to punish myself. Under the eye, the weight of this weight. The weight of this weight. Under the nose, this pressure in my body. This pressure in my body. Chin, this pressure I put on myself. This pressure I put on myself. Collarbone, I need to criticize myself. I need to criticize myself. Under the arm, I need to judge myself. I need to judge myself. Top of the head, I can't accept myself when I look like this. I can't accept myself when I look like this. Eyebrow, all of this pressure. All of this pressure. Side of the eye, it's hard to think of anything else. It's hard to think of anything else. Under the eye, my life feels like it's on hold. My life feels like it's on hold. Under the nose, I can't be happy until I lose this weight. I can't be happy until I lose this weight. Chin, I can't feel confident until I lose this weight. I can't feel confident until I lose this weight. Collarbone, I can't enjoy the moment until I lose this weight. I can't enjoy the moment until I lose the weight. Under the arm, no wonder I panic about my weight. No wonder I panic about my weight. Top of the head, I allow it to stop me from living my life. I allow it to stop me from living my life. Eyebrow, I feel I need to criticize myself. I feel I need to criticize myself. Side of the eye so that I can finally change. So that I can finally change. Under the eye, but this approach hasn't been working. But this approach hasn't been working. Under the nose, I would never speak to someone I love like this. I would never speak to someone I love like this. Chin, all of this judgment and body shaming. All of this judgment and body shaming. Collarbone is keeping me stuck. Is keeping me stuck. Under the arm, I'm ready for a new way. I'm ready for a new way. Top of the head, it's safe to relax now. It's safe to relax now. Eyebrow, my body doesn't need to earn my love. My body doesn't need to earn my love. Side of the eye, I love it now. I love it now. Under the eye, and it begins to thrive under this love. And it begins to thrive under this love. Under the nose, maybe this can be easier than I thought. Maybe this can be easier than I thought. Chen, maybe I can fall in love with this journey. Maybe I can fall in love with this journey. Collarbone, it feels so good to feel good. It feels so good to feel good. Under the arm, this is exciting. This is exciting. Top of the head, it's safe to relax and enjoy this journey. It's safe to relax and enjoy this journey. All right, now take a deep breath in. Exhale. Oh, that was nice. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> I and wasn't I, panicked about weight, but now I'm really relaxed. <laughs> exactly, exactly. That's why you should tap even, like you always say with these summit calls, even if you don't relate to this specifically, do the tapping because you're going to feel a shift. So everyone who, who did that, who measured themselves beforehand, I want you to take a moment to measure it again and ask yourself, I can't relax until I lose the weight. See if that feels true. Maybe you already feel relaxed right now. 
and notice how it feels in your body if you feel an, a lightness. And this is what I love about this t- tapping in particular when it comes to the panic. We say this again and again when it comes to this summit, and it comes up a lot in these different interviews. When we are panicked, we cannot think clearly. We are not resourceful. We don't know what to do. Um, We do a lot of things that we regret. And when we're able to calm ourselves, we get ideas. And the ideas that we get usually aren't go punish yourself for three hours in the gym. They're usually like, drink some more water. Go for a walk you know what, take some time and really have a healthy meal. And that's why this tapping impacts our behaviors. Because when we are in a relaxed state, we think clearly, we're resourceful, we're, we're creative, we know what's good for us. And we're also able to have the patience to go through this journey. And it's important. I don't like patience. I was not born with patience. That's why I love tapping because it gives us the ability to say, I'm going to keep tapping on this panic to take this one day at a time to really experience major shifts in my body. Because, you know, my guess is if you are struggling with being overweight, you didn't gain that weight in a week. So, You can't expect to lose it in a week. You can lose weight in a week, but we really want to look at this as our entire lives as a whole of, again, making healthy decisions and being healthy is a decision we make in the moment. It's not this end goal that we're panicking to. Yeah, I mean, it's so vital. And you've mentioned it a couple of times, but I I just, I personally see it so often, not only this pattern of panic, but like you talked about the willpower, the idea that it has to be hard, that it has to be painful, that it has to be difficult, that we have to suffer I don't know if it's a, it's a the Puritan in us that, that right. believes that we have to be in the gym for three hours in order for anything to work. So now what if, you know, you mentioned someone thinking like that, oh, well, I have to be in the gym for three hours in order to lose weight. What do they do if they have that thought? How do they tap on that? They should t- start tapping on the pattern of panic, because even though that seems like the first thought behind that thought is this panic mm. and this desperation. So Got if it. they tap then, if they do the tapping that we just did, and they come back to this recording and this is also in the workbook. If they do this, then they're able to say, OK, you know, what would I want to do instead? Because exercise is so important. But I look at moving my body as a spiritual experience. And this is the difference I had to make before exercising was my punishment for being fat. I would look at people in the gym who are in great shape and think, why are you here? Like, aren't you done? Like, get out of here. So I had this this relationship with exercise that it felt like torture. And so with that relationship, I couldn't experience what it feels like to, you know, actually enjoy a run. You know, I'd look at runners and be like, you're crazy. I wouldn't run unless someone was chasing me. And when I was able to look at my relationship with exercise, I was able to figure out, actually, I really love yoga. Actually, there are moments I do love pushing myself, you know, because it makes me realize how strong I am. You know, I like I was telling you earlier today that I've been doing yoga and I'm I'm getting a bit better. I'm not I can't do a handstand or anything, but I can like hold this like crow pose for like three seconds. But still, (laughs) there's something empowering to me about being able to hold my own weight up. And I was telling you that like this is really empowering. And that's the way that it changes. We still can have those you know, go do these different, you know, yoga and different things that's good for us. But it comes from a place of this is exciting. This feels yeah. good to my soul. That makes sense. One more question before we move on. Tapping on the pattern of panic. Do you just tap once and it's done? 
No, <laughs> I still, <laughs> I still tab on the pattern of panic. Um, no, you know what? Like, this is the thing. We're going through life, right? And, you know, right now we're in a certain place and we can tap on the pattern of panic and we could be good. And then, you know, life changes and we might find ourselves averting to an old pattern again. And I think that's okay. I think we have to stop having this idea that we need to tap ourselves to perfection. I still tap because I still get nervous about things. So, for example, I'm comfortable with you know, being on stage with a few hundred people. If you put me in an audience of 2000 people, I'm going to be tapping before. (laughs) Like I'm going to feel some anxiety. And I don't think there needs to be any judgment about this. And uh, as women, particularly, I feel like we're, we're constantly bombarded with images in the media and you know, at a young age, we're taught that our value comes from the way that we look and we have You know, sometimes we have mothers say things to us about our weight that can trigger us, you know, or someone make a a criticism. And and again, the same thing with men. If you feel uncomfortable with your body, someone can say something that triggers you. And if you feel yourself being triggered, that's when you know that you can do the tapping. And I have found that life will lead the way for you. So, you know, I had all these people say these things about my body because I believe, and not to go too woo-woo, but I believe that the universe was saying, Jess, this is something that you need to heal. So I'm going to put it in front of your face over and over and over again until you give it the love and the attention that you deserve. And so now I don't have the panic about my weight. Um, I don't have panic around being perfect. And, you know, I, you know, I feel better, but sometimes I have moments, you know, if I'm tired or I didn't get a good night's sleep that I might panic about something. And I go right back to breaking this pattern of panic and reminding myself that going back to those old behaviors didn't work then and they're not going to work now. Absolutely. That's so powerful. And as fast as tapping is, I mean, the shifts are so dramatic. Uh, we're still undoing decades of programming. Right. And I and I think that it's important to to have this mentality again of this is all a lifestyle and this is all a journey and to be gentle with ourselves along the way. And when we see a, a pattern of panic or something come up to get a little bit excited and go, oh, there there it is. It must have been because before it was still there. It was just running you unconsciously. Now yeah. you're at least conscious about it and you could go, huh you know, I still have some work to do and I'm going to do some tapping on it. And then once you do the tapping, you can choose a better thought. You can be more resourceful. That's fantastic. So I want to switch gears a little bit and, uh, and talk about a topic that I know a lot of people struggle with, and that is cravings. How do you tap on a craving? It's such a good question. I had such a hard time with cravings. So I'm going to say a few things about cravings that I've seen. One thing is that a lot of the women in the course, and I mean a lot of women, this is like one of the most common things that I hear, is that they will start tapping on the pattern of panic and different stress around their lives and their cravings will disappear. And so without even consciously focusing on a craving, they'll get results. And so uh, in a second, I'm going to go deeper into that on how to do that on on a more conscious level. But I do want to share that, that if you're just tapping on this pattern of panic around your weight and you're tapping while giving a voice to your critical voice uh, and letting go of that criticism and any of the body shaming that we do, it impacts your cravings. I've just seen it again and again and again. Another place to start is to tap on the actual symptom. So this is as easy as saying, even though I need this chocolate and I 
feel this craving in every cell of my body because that's sometimes how a craving feels like you just feel like it's like taking over your body um, I love and accept myself and sometimes I say I love and accept myself and it's safe to relax and you can just tap while focusing on the cravings I'd love to read uh, what a woman in my program wrote she wrote something to me that I thought was hysterical and a perfect example of tapping on a craving so I want to read it she wrote I in capital letters I seriously love Twizzlers I have loved them since I was a little girl. My high school boyfriend would woo me with a pound-sized bag of them. Yesterday afternoon, my son was asleep on the couch, and next to him on the table was a giant sack of pinata candy from a party last week, and I found myself peering into the sack looking for my beloved Twizzlers. None in there, but I remembered there might be a bag way up on the refrigerator, so my mouth literally began to salivate, and all I could think of was ripping open that bag, smelling that wonderful Twizzler smell, and eating one after another. I made a beeline for the kitchen, but as I got to the fridge, I diverted to the living room where I sat on the couch and tapped on how bad, and she writes this in capital letters, how bad I wanted to snarf Twizzlers. <laughs> Suddenly, I did not want those Twizzlers. I was almost in shock. I actually tried to want the Twizzlers, but by that point, I couldn't have cared less about them. Amazing. The reason I share this is because it gives you this real life example yeah. of how this works in a real life. She got triggered. She saw the candy. She thought about how much she loved Twizzlers. She's beelining it to the kitchen. All she does is take a few steps into her living room and taps a few rounds while saying, and I love how she wrote it in capital letters, how bad I want it. So like just really expressing, I really want this and tapping on it really calms the anxiety around this panic of needing the food. And that gets great results. Oh, that's amazing. <laughs> Real time. And I mean, you know, we laugh about cravings. I know that, uh, when I work with people on stage and we work on cravings, it's always funny at first because people salivate and they freak out and all this stuff. But Underneath it, it isn't very funny because no. it could dominate our lives in so many ways. I mean, my life revolved around chocolate. Like, I would have a craving for chocolate that would just take over my whole body. And I just, like, I wanted sweets. And not having them felt hard. It felt like deprivation. And the tapping just made such a big difference. And so let, so let me go to the second way to tap on cravings. Because sure. I realized that when it came to chocolate... I wasn't craving chocolate. I was craving a sense of pleasure and a way to relax because I was lacking pleasure. I felt like if I felt any type of relaxation or pleasure that I was supposed to feel guilty about it, that it was not okay to take a break. And again, maybe this is like the Puritan. Yeah. I don't know where we pick this stuff up, but I had this belief that, you know, I'd feel really good. And then I'd think to myself, who am I to feel good? There's so many things I need to do. And I'm really not that good enough at this yet. And I need to push and punish myself. And that, you know, directly impacted my cravings for chocolate because, when I had chocolate, it was that moment where I could feel pleasure and I could relax and I would eat a lot of it and I would eat it really quickly because I wanted to out eat the guilt. I thought I'm going to eat this as fast as I can before the guilt and the shame sets in. Like right yeah. now, guilt and shame are knocking at my door, <laughs> but I'm in the kitchen and I am going to eat this as fast as I can before they knock the door down and attack me. So, so for me, that was this huge awareness when I asked myself, What's behind this craving? What am I really craving? And uh, I was working with a, with a mom. Actually, she was a participant in the program who wrote in, and she talked about mommy munching, that the moment her daughter would go for a nap, she'd just go right to the cabinet and 
begin to start overeating. And when she asked herself, she asked herself, what am I really craving? And it was that relaxation. But as a mother, she felt this guilt because when her daughter was finally taking a nap, it gave her the opportunity to do the million things on her to-do list that she couldn't do when she was taking care of her daughter. So taking time to relax, again, she felt really guilty. And so the target then isn't the craving itself, but it's the emotion around that craving. So it's this, so even tapping on, even though I feel like I'm not allowed to relax, I love and accept myself. Uh, actually, why don't we do some tapping on that? Let's do it. Again, so if you have a craving right now, that's perfect. Give it a intensity on a one to 10 scale. So maybe it's chocolate, potato chips, and hey, even focus on it so much that you exaggerate the craving and really bring that craving up. Sometimes we just have to think about a food for us to be triggered with that craving. And maybe ask yourself, what is the emotion around that craving or what am I really craving? So for this tapping, we're going to assume we're going to do the tapping as if uh, this idea that it's not safe to relax and that you need this food to relax. Okay. okay. And I'm sure even if you're not craving, just it's not safe to relax. It's pretty good to tap. Yeah, on exactly. Exactly. So we're going to focus on that and, and mix it in with the craving. So tapping on your karate chop point. Even though it's not okay to relax. Even though it's not okay to relax. So I need this food. I need this food. I love and accept myself. I love and accept myself. Even though I need this food. Even though I need this food. In order to relax. In order to relax. I love and accept myself. I love and accept myself. Even though I need this food. Even though I need this food. Because I need a break. Because I need a break. I love and accept myself. I love and accept myself. Eyebrow, I need this food. I need this food. Side of the eye, I really want it. I really want it. Under the eye, it tastes so good. It tastes so good. Under the nose, it feels so good. It feels so good. Chin, this intense craving. This intense craving. Collarbone, I feel it in my whole body. I feel it in my whole body. Under the arm, I need this. I need this. Top of the head, I desperately need this. I desperately need this. Eyebrow, this intense craving. This intense craving. Side of the eye, what am I really craving? What am I really craving? Side of the eye, I really want to relax. I really want to relax. Under the nose, I really want to break. I really want to break. Chin, I really want to get away. I really want to get away. Collarbone, I want to break from this pressure. I want a break from this pressure. Under the arm, I want time to myself. I want time for myself. Top of the head, I want to nurture myself. I want to nurture myself. Eyebrow, but this craving isn't nurturing me. But this craving isn't nurturing me. Side of the eye, I can nurture myself now. I can nurture myself now. Under the eye, I can take a break now. I can take a break now. Under the nose, I can relax now. I can relax now. Chin, I can choose to eat this food. I can choose to eat this food. Collarbone, or choose not to. Or choose not to. Under the arm, I am relaxed and in control. I am relaxed and in control. Top of the head, and I know what I really need. And I know what I really need. Okay, just take a deep breath in.
all right, I think I need to go relax and not finish this interview. So <laughs> we'll have to wrap it up some other time. Right. So one, of, <laughs> one thing that I want to share that I said is I said, I can choose to have this food or I could choose not to have this food. And mm. that is really important because when you have an intense craving, you don't feel like you have a choice. You feel yeah. like you're being controlled by this craving. And then the other side of it is that there's so much shame around food. So, you know, we feel actually I read in this book that when it comes to word associations, when if someone from France, when they say cake, the word they associate cake with is celebration. Yep. When you say to an American cake, they say guilt. Oh, OK. Wow. <laughs> we really need to look at this. We can't feel guilt and shame every time we choose to have some chocolate. It's OK to have some chocolate. The difference is, can we choose to have these indulgent foods when when we are celebrating with friends and enjoying ourselves and as a special occasion? Because there's no shame. There's, you know, a cel- it's something we celebrate. We're not using those foods eating by ourselves over our trash can to catch the crumbs. Yeah. That's yeah. the difference. And so we want to create this relationship where we're not depriving ourselves of ever enjoying cake or, but we're letting ourselves come to a place where we're feeling so in our body and centered that we can choose. Do I really want to eat this now or do I not want to eat this now? What's the best for me? Yeah. Being at choice. Being so at choice. And that's what tapping on cravings does for you. It gives you that choice. Yeah. Amazing. You know, I think this leads to another important topic that you've talked about a lot. And I think this comes up with cravings as well. And that's that's overeating as a form of rebellion, because I could already hear some people when they, you know, when they're, they're almost scared to give up the craving. No, I don't want to give it up. You know, <laughs> tell me tell me about rebellion and how that plays into all of this. I love talking about this. It's my favorite topic when it comes to all of this, because, you know, it was one of those experiences where you think, oh, I just thought it was me. And when I worked yeah. with clients, you know, I worked on it myself and I started working with clients. I saw this come up again and again and again. This is so incredibly common. And uh, and again, I'm going to talk about it in regards to women. But again, men, you can create your associations. I'm sure that you can relate to this. Uh, yeah, to a certain us guys well. have weight loss issues too. I know, you know? I know, and, uh, I know you do. And we struggle with body image and rebellion and all that stuff. Yeah, no. But we know that your particular expertise is with women. But is don't feel women. left out, guys. Yes, don't feel left out. This can still work for you. So when it comes to rebellion, all right, well, let me use my personal story. When, again, I mean, I've said this so many times, but when I had this mentor tell me that I was fat and nobody was going to listen to what I had to say until I lost weight, I had a lot of different emotions. Part of me, I was really upset, but I, but I wasn't angry. Like, I, I think the healthy response to that is to have a healthy form of anger and say that that's not an appropriate thing to say and that's not true. But I took it in and just like rolled over. I just was like, you're right, because it was what I was telling myself all the time. But then the next step happened that made me feel a little bit more empowered because, because that, that response led me to feel depressed, yeah. right? So then my next step was to say, you know what? F him. And I didn't use the real word, Dick, so don't worry. But that's literally what I was thinking in my head. And I just thought, I am so sick and tired of this pressure and thinking that I have to look a certain way to be valuable and to be loved and to be enough. And you know what? I am done with this. I'm done with the pressure. I'm sick of, you know, not being able to live up to other people's expectations. I don't care what they think. I'm going to do whatever I want. This is about me. And so I am going to eat this entire cake because it feels good 
and I don't care what they think and I don't care about losing weight. You know, I'm going to be bigger and proud. And it was this idea in that moment that I felt good. It felt empowering and it felt better than being depressed about not being enough. You know, it it feels in that moment, it feels great. And then you feel sick and you realize it got to the point where I realized that me rebelling wasn't hurting him. It wasn't hurting my mentor. It wasn't hurting society or making a dent in society to change, you know, this pressure that we, it wasn't doing anything except I was just drinking poison. I was literally eating foods that were so bad for me and binge eating and eating in a way that hurt me, that made me feel sick. And I was poisoning myself in an attempt to really try to hurt someone else or try to kind of take my power back. And this is really so common. And, uh, you know, when I work with a lot of women, different things come up, like they'll lose some weight and then their mother. And I'm talking about women who, you know, are a lot of women are in their 50s and they have their um, elderly parents who say things like, oh, you look like you lost weight. And suddenly they're triggered to being a teenager again and feeling like they weren't enough and that they weren't loved. And they think, well, you know what? I don't want to lose any more weight because I want you to love me for who I am, not for being thin. So at least if I'm bigger and I do what I want, then I know if you love me, it's because you really love me and not because I'm living up to this expectation. And this has just been so incredibly uh, common. And it's so important to tap on this feeling of rebelliousness, of this pressure that we put on ourselves to be perfect. And if we can't live up to it, then we go to the other way and we rebel and we make it about other people. And this journey to health doesn't become about taking care of ourselves. It becomes about proving someone right or wrong. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. So can we do some uh, tapping on this? Yes. So just check in with yourself and see if any of what I just said resonated. And if you feel any anxiety in your body, measure it on a scale of one to 10. And, uh, and let's begin to, let's begin to tap. Okay. Great. So tapping on your karate chop point, even though I'm sick of this pressure, even though I'm sick of this pressure and I just want to rebel, I just want to rebel. I love and accept myself. I love and accept myself. And it's safe to relax. And it's safe to relax. I'm so sick of this pressure. I'm so sick of this pressure. And I just want to eat whatever I want. I just want to eat whatever I want. And I love and accept myself anyway. I love and accept myself anyway. And it's safe to relax now. And it's safe to relax now. Even though I don't want to do any of this. Even though I don't want to do any of this. I don't even want to tap. I don't even want to tap. I love and accept myself. I love and accept myself. And it's safe to relax. And it's safe to relax. Eyebrow. I don't want to tap. I don't want to tap. Side of the eye. I don't want to eat well. I don't want to eat well. Under the eye. I don't want to exercise. I don't want to exercise. Under the nose. I don't want to take care of myself. I don't want to take care of myself. Chin. Because I feel like I'm doing it for someone else. Because I feel like I'm doing it for someone else. Collarbone. Because all the times in the past that I did it. Because all the times in the past that I did it. Under the arm. I did it out of this pressure. I did it out of this pressure. Top of the head. I did it out of this panic. I did it out of this panic. Eyebrow. And I'm sick of the panic. And I'm sick of the panic. Side of the eye. I'm sick of the pressure. I'm sick of the pressure. Under the eye. And I want to eat whatever I want. And I want to eat whatever I want. Under the nose. And I want to do whatever I want. And I want to do whatever I want. Chin. I just want to rebel. I just want to rebel. Collarbone, all of this pressure. All of this pressure. Under the arm, this need to rebel. 
this need to rebel. Top of the head to help relieve this pressure. To help relieve this pressure. Eyebrow, letting go of this pressure now. Letting go of this pressure now. Side of the eye, feeling relief now. Feeling relief now. Under the eye, I love my rebellious spirit. I love my rebellious spirit. Under the nose, and I can rebel in ways that serve me. And I can rebel in ways that serve me. Chin, I rebel against the pressure. I rebel against the pressure. Collarbone, by loving my life now. By loving my life now. Under the arm, I rebel against the pressure. I rebel against the pressure. Top of the head, by making this about me. By making this about me. Eyebrow, this is my journey. This is my journey. Side of the eye, this is my body. This is my body. Under the eye, and it feels so good to take care of me. And it feels so good to take care of me. Under the nose, I don't need to get anywhere. I don't need to get anywhere. Chin, I don't need to be anything for anyone. I don't need to be anything for anyone. Collarbone, I just need to be me. I just need to be me. Under the arm, and I'm enough. And I'm enough. Top of the head, and it's safe to relax now. And it's safe to relax now. This is my journey. This is my journey. And it's about me. And it's about me. Okay, take a deep breath in. Exhale. And again, check in with yourself. And maybe something came up. You know, once once we start doing this tapping, it's really common for a memory to come up. So maybe you realized, wow, you know what? My mother was this Southern belle, and she always wanted me to be a certain way. And I felt like I could never live up to her expectations, so instead I rebelled. And maybe this idea of rebellion is so brand new to you, but it begins to make sense because you might see that pattern in your own life. And so if a certain memory came up, so for example, I was working with a client and uh, her mother a week before said, darling, put your hair up. Your face looks thinner when you do that. Mm. And she was so angry and it made her turn to food. And what she had to do is to tap on that memory by saying, even though my mom said, you know, even though my mom said this, I love and accept myself, even though my mom said this and it made me feel unloved and not enough. I love and accept myself. Yeah. And go through the tapping while talking about what she said and then being able to, again, go back to making this journey about you. Yeah, so powerful. And, and you know, as we were doing that tapping, I started thinking about rebellion, not just with weight loss, but so many aspects of our lives. I think it's applicable in, in many things in right. work and finances and career and relationships. Yeah. And I said in the tapping, I said, I love my rebellious spirit. And I think that's important because a lot of people that I work with, they are rebellious. They're spunky. I mean, hey, they're tapping. They're definitely thinking outside of the box. So I think that there is something great about the rebellious spirit. I'm happy that I I feel like I have a rebellious spirit. If you tell me I can't do something, I'm going to want to do it. And I think it's it's something that's, you know, beautiful. It's a beautiful aspect of a personality. And I think a little bit of rebellion against the status quo is a fantastic thing. So we want to take that energy of rebellion and actually really point it towards a way that really serves us and empowers us. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Now, uh, you know, we've been doing some general tapping here on different beliefs, the pattern of panic, rebellion, and these cravings. But you've also mentioned, like you just mentioned, that specific event. How important do you think it is to tap on specific events? And how would someone go about doing that? My first piece of advice is that it's a journey and that it's different layers. So 
I mean, that's why I was able to really write like a book about it because this isn't, you know, we have an hour together, but as people start to listen to the other summit calls, think about how this could be impacting your own journey with weight and body confidence. Finances impact your cravings. If you're really stressed out about your finances, you're putting those bills in the drawer, trying to ignore them and panicking and turning to food. And so when it comes to events, as we're looking at this entire Tapping World Summit, it's why it's so important to listen to every single call and and figure out what events might be triggering you. And a lot of times those events aren't directly related to our body. They're not, you know, there could be, they could be something different, but it's that stress that's turning us uh, to, you know, making us turn to food. So it it is really important. Another really great tip is to ask yourself, what's the downside of losing weight? And that's a great way to bring up those, those different events and those different beliefs. Again, when I ask a client this, they're like, what are you talking about? This is all I want is to lose weight. I've spent so much money on every exercise program and every diet. Like, this is all I want. This is the problem. But when we take a step back, we see that there are other things like, you know, my rebellion was a challenge. I had to tap on the words that people said to me. You know, I couldn't before tell you that someone told me I'd be cute if I lost weight. I couldn't say those words. I'd start crying because they hurt so much. And also my rebellious spirit thought, well, I don't want to lose weight and be cute for you. You know, like I don't want to lose weight. I feel like I need to lose weight to be enough. And so um, so all those little different memories and things come up. And if they trigger you, that's when you know that you need to tap on them. Because now I can say the story over and over again. I don't feel emotional (laughs) about it. I'm like very detached from it. But again, before I couldn't share these things without feeling an immense amount of shame or tearing up. Especially not share them with hundreds of thousands. People, right. Thanks for reminding right me. Now. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, um, so we're, we're nearing the end of, uh, of this powerful interview. I'd love to wrap by hearing some of your thoughts about body confidence because you talk about weight loss and body confidence. What does that mean to you? Body confidence really is self-confidence. It's self-worth. It's knowing that you are enough and that you're good enough and that you are precious. And as this precious being, you need to love and nurture and take care of yourself. And when the discussion about weight, you know, it's a tricky one. Weight definitely impacts your health. But also we have the other extreme, you know, we have one extreme where we're dealing with with obesity and with weight that's really harmful to our health. And we really need to take that seriously, but also in a loving manner to make these changes. But then on the other side, men and women have pressure to meet this um, ideal and this expectation that is just so I mean, actually, it's it's not even real, right? Because I mean, yeah. when we look at the magazines, there's a lot of Photoshop used. It's just not realistic. And a lot of us have different body shapes and different compositions. And we're at different parts in our lives. Some of us just had babies. Some of us are going through menopause. And I think that we need to have this confidence in the body that we're in, knowing that it's enough. And that Our only responsibility is to do what we can to take care of it as much as we can and to have really that confidence. And, you know, it's interesting with this book coming out. I've talked to you about it. I have to do a lot more media. And I look at the media and I think, well, everybody there is like really thin, really tiny. So does that mean that I need to lose like, you know, be stick thin but you know what? That's not my body composition. You know, like I was I have curves and. As I grow, my weight might fluctuate. And I think that's like a, a normal part about having a human, being a human being. And I think the more that we can make peace with that, 
we go back to this idea that this is about being confident in our body so that we can live our lives instead of putting our life on hold. And yeah. also, um, it gives us this idea where, like, I, I can't say it enough. Health is a choice that we make in the moment. We got to love ourselves in the moment and take it one step at a time. And we'll see transformation on our body. But if we don't deal with the body confidence, it'll never be enough. We'll always think, I'd be better if I was five pounds lighter, two yeah. pounds lighter. If, if okay, I'm at my ideal weight, but maybe my arms, like if they were just a little bit more toned. And so we get this obsession and that's when the body confidence really comes in that we need to be able to know, like in our body right now, wherever we are in whatever stage that we're enough, that we're given this, that our body is doing so much for us and that we take care of it, not to punish it for not being enough and, and out of our desire to have a different body, but as a respect and a, and a, a real honor of the body that we have. Wow. Well, I think with those inspiring words, that's probably a great place to stop. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. Well, this has been such a joy to be on the other side. And, you know, again, if I, if I just had one message for everybody is start being happy now, start living your life now, nothing sure, get in better shape, but that's going to happen when you start to see your worth and you make it a really inspiring and fun journey. Absolutely. Jess, thank you so much for being with us today. <laughs> thank you. I hope you enjoyed that interview and it helps you feel safer, stronger, more confident, and more joyful in your body. At the end of the day, we're trying to lose weight to feel good, to feel and be healthy and energetic. And using tapping on this journey can be absolutely life-changing. If you want to go deeper with this content, including learning more about Jessica's seven-week program on this topic, make sure to check out thetappingsolution.com forward slash weight loss. That's thetappingsolution.com forward slash weight loss. Until next time, this is Nick Ortner. Take care and keep tapping.